Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio, and it has been one hell of a week in the world. Um, I did not think there would be a land war in Europe uh, in my lifetime. Um, I'm wrong. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, we've, I, I, I mean, I don't know if the, if the Yugoslav wars. I mean, I think those, oh, yeah. those yeah, count. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, those yeah, are yeah. those are pretty intense, but. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it, you still didn't imagine this, right? right. Um, I mean, those are more like civil war, civil unrest, and countries breaking up and whatever. This yeah. is the first invasion, right? I mean, and this this is this is um, this is substantial, right? Because I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, Ukraine's role in the world. Like, I mean, Ukraine, they've got a number. Like, this isn't just Vladimir Putin saying. I want Ukraine because we lost Ukraine and I want it back just because, right? Ukraine right. has a number of natural resources that are very robust. Like they're the number one pr producer of ammonia in the world, oddly I did, enough. I did, I did not know that. Um, and they've got um, a number a number of other natural resources um, that, you know, that they produce and that they have and that they export. Um, they, they have a number of different like food pipelines, for gas you, right? I mean, I mean, but before we, I mean, cause everyone always goes, everything is about oil, right? It's right. always about oil, but Ukraine has a, a diverse group of resources that they can export and that they, you know, that they rely on. Um, and I think this is more about Vladimir Putin, um, wanting to have that sort of back in the fold for them economically, um, and financially on top of, you know, I, and I don't, you oil know, oil plays a big role, right? Oil plays a big role, but we can, I, I, I hate to just uh, like, yes, just, can we just put oil up here as a understood, but okay, there are yeah. other things besides oil, um, because Russia, Russia has plenty of oil, right? Yeah, I mean, Russia, it's pretty much the only thing they really have to offer. The exactly. Right so that's, that's what I'm saying. Like Russia has plenty of oil and oil plays into it, but Ukraine has other things that Russia doesn't. So if Russia can get Ukraine back into the fold, then that adds value to them, right? Like, so it's, it's, it's more than just oil, um, that, you know, and, and access sure. to the pipeline that, that Putin is after, uh, which is, which is really what I think is at the heart of this. Um, and, and obviously he wants to, he really wants to push and test and do whatever he can to destabilize NATO, um, and, you know, sort of back them into a corner to see, uh, what they will do um and you know ukraine and here's the other aspect of this right he doesn't want nato any closer to him than they already are right, right. so if yeah. you look at a map um some of those other uh um uh, uh you know countries that are that are right Border there countries like right poland. poland turkey uh belarus like those are all nato countries right and so they're all right there, but Ukraine isn't, right? But Ukraine is vying and trying to get into NATO. Um, and essentially what he doesn't want is basically a solid border of NATO countries right there at the Russian border. Uh, so, you know, that is also playing a role. So there's, you know, there's right. resources, there's oil, there's security, and all that, why he's doing this. Uh, and, and look, some of the stuff that they're doing over there, um, I mean, I think that th th there's plenty of argument that I fully support that Vladimir Putin can't survive this, right? Like if NATO is serious and U.S. is serious, if you're serious about world uh, security and human rights violations and war crimes and everything else, like he can't survive this. He can't survive it as a leader, whether that means he's alive or dead after it's all said and done. I don't particularly care one way or another, but he can't be the leader of that country anymore once this is all said and done and settled. Yeah, and um, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, to say he's not going to give up power willingly, I think is a he's not, safe bet. Right. I mean, I mean that's an understatement to say the least. Um, you know, and I mean I'm I'm in no way I have nowhere near the knowledge to say that he can he can or should be assassinated, but he should be you know, trotted in front of a war crimes tribunal and and if he doesn't go peacefully then whatever, but um, you know, this just can't be allowed to be. I mean, it's 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 a really simple concept. Um, you know, 
just imagine if Canada just decided, you know what? We think the U.S. should, you know, we, we think that Michigan should be a part of Canada, right? Now, there's plenty yeah, of people, there's plenty that. of people who just be like, <laughs> in the state of Ohio, they'll take like, yeah, it, yeah. right, take it. Uh, but the reality is, you know, if they did that, then, you know, there would be one hell of a pushback against Canada doing something like that. Now, it's a little bit different scale sure. and everything else, but. It'd be more like us saying right. Vancouver shouldn't be part of, right. you know, the oil fields of Western Canada yeah. shouldn't be part of the U.S. And they touch Alaska, that's really our territory, so we're taking it. Right. I mean, and it's just, you know, like this, you know, Ukraine is a, is a sovereign nation that yes. has worked very hard um, to kind of get rid of that, you know, Russian influence and, and the, the corruption uh, that has, has gone, along, gone along with it, you know, for the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Um, and and they're, they're making strides and heading the right direction. And this is completely destabilizing all that. Sure. You know, I mean, and, and so I, you know, we... Europe really needs to to stand up and they need to figure out how they're going to support Ukraine in this. And, you know, as for us support, like, look, we, we don't need to, we don't want to put boots on the ground there, but we do need to give them all the support that they need, whether it's money, whether it's weapons, like heavy artillery, intelligence, right? Like, I mean, whatever we can do, we need to do it tenfold. Um, You know, and the one thing that we haven't done, we haven't moved them from, you know, the swift, uh, banking system, right? And so, if you don't know what the SWIFT banking system is, I'm just like yep. it's an acronym for the Society for Worldwide um, Interbank Financial Telecommunication. And what it does is it allows it's a network, a communication networks that allows you know international banks to communicate with each other and exchange money. And so, if you pull them out of that, then that cripples them financially. And we haven't done that now. Oddly enough, Germany and Italy are two of the countries that are blocking this from happening. Um, you know, and, and I think the U.S. wants to do it, but I think you need a consensus. Um, and Germany and Italy are the main ones standing in the way of this happening, which is odd and does not doesn't bode pass well. The, it doesn't pass the smell doesn't test. Doesn't pass the smell test, especially when you think about, you know, history, you know, going back to World War One and II. Um, you would think that they would, you know, after Germany's whole experience with World War II and Italy both, that they would be like, yep, snatch them out and let's go ahead and shut this all down. Uh, so it's problematic that they're part of the reason that they're in the way. But, I mean, this this would be a huge move. Um, you know, they need to come to a consensus on this, and they need to do it, because if you can cri- cripple them financially, right, and just like, look, you're out, and you're also going to be out for an extended period of time, we're going to basically choke you until you can no longer breathe, um, and not only until this war is over, but until Putin is out of power, Right. And so, you know, it would be very unfortunate for the Russian people and the people who have nothing to do with Putin who right. are sending money in and out. But, you know, you guys have a leader in power who is now, you know, the, the difference is they didn't vote. I mean, they claim that he was elected, but he's not right. That's, he basically that's, made himself president for life. Didn't yes, he, he mean, absolutely did. And that being said, um, you know, like the, there's there's no way to like he he put them in this situation. He put his people in this situation by you know, putting himself in for life by the decisions that he's made and the decision that he made to invade another country yeah. for no good reason other than he wanted to take it. Well, but for the reasons, I mean, it's all economic. Right. And that's what, I know you said that and spelled that out before, but I was watching CNN, I think, and they were having, you know, pundits come on and say, there's absolutely no reason for him to do this. He's not doing it with no, nothing in mind. He's right. not a dumb uh, Exactly, guy. right? I mean, there's, there's, I, we just laid out why he's doing it. Yeah. Um, th- there's plenty of reasons. They, they, you know, it's... But whether there's good reason to do it or not doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily make it acceptable, right? I mean, right. I'm sure that you... I mean, if we took over Western Canada, we'd have tons more oil. But right, exactly. we're a sovereign nation, we can't do that. Right, I mean, you know, I mean, we the, a majority of the oil that we import comes from Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't come, like, people think, they're like, oh, you know, 8% of the oil that we import does come from Russia. And I think that that's the other aspect of this from, a, from how does this impact us here at home, because 8% of the oil we, we import comes from Russia, um, we need to cut that supply off. And that's, you know, this war in general is going to raise gas prices. You're already seeing it at the yep. pump. They're already starting to go. Oil is at, I think, $114 a barrel or something like that. Um, it's going to continue to go up. We're going to pay a price for it here uh, stateside. Um, and it's probably going to go even higher because we, I hope that we're pushing to stop importing oil from Russia because of this. And then once we do, I think we, it needs to be permanent. 
Um, you know, but Russia's still going to import, export oil to China. That's to, that's you know, fine, but we but, don't like. Yep. I mean, oh, I, listen. Oh, no, I, I mean, I, because of the price that we're paying, you know, like, all right, that's something that we're going to have to absorb, and then it's going to force us to, you know, become more reliant on our own, um, which. You know, it's something that we're working on. You know, Biden uh, approved, or the Biden administration approved over 3,500 oil leases over the last year, even though initially he tried to block any new oil leases that failed in court, basically. And so he went from zero to 3,500, which is, you know, nearly double what Trump approved, his administration approved over his administration, right? Like, so the only thing is, is that it takes time to get those refineries up and running, um, get the oil actually refined. Um, you know, get it out of the ground and, you know, making sure that it's it's quality to, to be, you know, used here and shipped out. Well, and there's a, there's a whole bunch of other uh, aspects to this. So the sanctions we've, currently, sanctions we've currently put on are supposedly like the harshest sanctions ever. Um, and that involves controlling. So could the SWIFT thing be kind of like a, a trump card? <laughs> no pun intended. Like we put on these sanctions. If you make us go to the next level, we will. Yeah, so I mean, like th- that's really that's the that's the thing that really sort of you know cuts a major artery in 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 the whole Putin machine, right? right? Um, and that's I, I, me personally. I would have pushed to do that right out of the gate, right? As soon as soon as he launched a rocket into Ukraine, I would have like yank him. Um, now again, you need you know the international community sure. to get on board, and you've got people blocking it, so. I can't say that Biden didn't do it. You know, a lot of people are attacking Biden saying you're, you're not doing enough. And, and, and look, here's some things I would have done different. Would I have put the sanctions on prior to this invasion? Yes, I would have. I think he should have. That was a mistake. Um, you know, but the reality is Putin was going to invade. It didn't matter. If you put the sanctions on him before, he was going to use the sanctions as a reason to invade. Right. Would his reasoning have made sense? Would it have been logical? No, but it doesn't matter. Right. None of this is logical. Right. Right. I mean, this is this this is war. It's It's not right. It's it's greed. This is not about logic and whatever. It's 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 like he had, you know, Biden was in a no win situation because if he puts the sanctions on before Putin invades, if he doesn't put the sanction on Putin invades and everyone's right, you know, all the the Trump supporters are like Putin didn't do this when Trump was in bed. Like, listen, I'm willing to bet that Trump said, look, don't invade while I'm in office. If I lose, then do whatever you want, but if I'm in, then just wait till I'm out, and then if it's a Democrat or whatever, then you can do whatever you want, and I don't care. Because, right. that, listen, and if you don't think Trump is capable of that, then you, then you have not been paying attention, right? That dude is only focused on him and what's best for him. Absolutely, and he's, I mean, he'd come out and he called Putin a genius, yep. or he said what he did was genius. I'm being, growing up in the 80s when the Cold War was still, you know, raging, the idea that a Republican would be praising a an aggressive action by a Russian leader is fucking incredible to me, yep. and, and, and and to be lauded for it by certain networks. I mean, yep. it's absolutely insane to me. There used to be people wearing Kilikami for Christ shirts when I was a kid growing up. I mean, it was commie, commie, commie. Well, this guy's technically not a communist. I would call him a Certainly, yeah. I mean, he, listen. He, he. This isn't about. This is not about communism. This no. is. This is. Um, it's still about Russia, it's right? Still about I mean, Russian it's still. It's still about Russia and Russian aggression, and 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 really, um, you know, it's it's just sad to see people. You know, I saw something on social media the other day that basically said, like, listen, Putin is the good guy, and everybody is being lied to by the media. He's, you know, he's right. not in the wrong for what he's doing, and it's just like there's. there's like I'm not even I didn't even engage it because like it's just beyond the realm. Uh, it's just like you have no sense of history. You have no sense of right now. Um, and like, look, how about I come in and kick in the door and say, "This is my house now." You know, right, are, well, are you going to just are you just going to sit there and take it? No, you're not. Right? I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Because the very people, the very people saying that they're fine with, with, with Putin doing this are the same people who have an army of guns in their house. If anybody right. comes in my house, I'm not right. even calling the police. They're, they're just going to need body bags, right? What the fuck do you do? What do you expect Ukraine to do, right? You think it makes sense for Putin to do this? Get the fuck out of here. Come on. Well, and it's people... <laughs> there's so many angles of this because the Fox News kissing Putin's ass, again, fucking amazing. And it's, now they're, now I mean, they're backpedaling it's, Well, it. it's Tucker Carlson who is praising yeah. Putin and Trump... With his praising and, and of Putin, as well. 
Okay, I, I mean, and I, I don't even pay attention. I mean, Hannity has been embarrassed so many times by people who remotely know what they're talking about. Right. Like it's, it's impossible to take him seriously. Like, I don't take Tucker Carlson seriously. The problem with Tucker Carlson, though, is that he's so blatant with his support of Putin and Russia with this whole thing um, that it, I, I believe that he's now a danger. I mean, they're, they're playing him and Trump on Russian TV. That, I was going to say, that I saw that. Like, like on a, incredible. Basically on a loop. You know, prop, you know, propping Putin up, and it, it's it's remarkable. Now, what I will say is that because of social media, there are you know there are people in Russia speaking out saying like, look, we don't want this, we don't want war, we don't want to attack those people. Those people are innocent. They did nothing to us. We don't have a right to take over that country. We want Putin and the Russian military to stop what they're doing. Right? I mean, it's like, look, I. You know, it's not some American out there pretending to be Russian, right. you know, sending out, you know, pro... Right, it's not a propaganda you know, anti- industry. Right. It's not, what was the... I forget the name of the... Ba- Baghdad Bob or something? Was yeah. the guy that would spit out, like, right. anti-American you know, or, I mean, or demoralizing stuff to try to... Yeah, I mean, but this, this isn't that. I mean, you... you you know this. I mean, like, listen. You saw thousands of people protesting this in in Moscow, yeah, and at the Kremlin, and which you is saw, fucking great, right? Which is unbelievable. And listen, I mean, you know, they arrested over you know eight hundred or a thousand people, um, you know, who came out in protest. But the people came out in full force and said, "Look, we we do not want this." Um, and and you know, the question is, you know, Putin's doing this. Um, if you're able to successfully choke him off financially. Um, if the Ukrainians are somehow able to get enough support to push back and fight back and the Russians end up having to pull out of Ukraine, then you wonder how stable the country is once that once that phase is over. And then is there a window for the people of Russia to just say, you know what, fuck it, right? Like, fuck it. You went into a whole other country and tried to take it over and you were unsuccessful. Now you're coming back with your tail between your legs. Fuck you. Let's take him down. Yeah, uh, I mean, now, the difference is doing that in Russia. Look, but, I mean, you, listen, this is this is I your country. Disagree. It's a whole di- like. Listen, when you're, it's one. I think it's going to take know, some very brave people. But what I'm saying. listen, I want it. All I'm watching Ukrainian men and women take up arms to defend their country, including right? the fucking president. But right. That guy has got right. My Zelensky. Respect. I mean, did you see? Uh, uh, um, uh, um, the brothers, the Boston oh, the, the brothers, Klitschko's, yes. the Klitschko's, the I Klitschko's forgot, are fighting. I forgot that the Vitaly, one Vitaly is the mayor, mayor of, Kiev, of, yeah, Kiev, of yes. Kiev, right? Like, so, I mean, and he's, you know, I mean, he's out there fighting. So listen, you know, Ukrainian and Russian people have a long history. And so if those people in Ukraine are willing, I mean, they are fighting with Molotov cocktails and AK-47s, right? right? And they're putting up one hell of a fight. And look, if those people are willing to do it, like you have to think that there are Russian people looking at it and saying, if they can push our army back, what right. can we do? Right? What What can we do? Right now, do the Russian people have the arms? Do they have the access to them? Can they? Can they the over? Ukrainian people. No, the Russian oh, people. Oh, I'm saying oh, oh, okay. to to get Putin out of there. Oh, can, oh okay. I'm sorry. Can they do it? I, you know, like listen, it's a tall order, and I'm not saying it's easy to do, and you got to have balls the size of Nebraska to do it. But. It may be worth it. Yeah, it may. I, I mean, mean, I think it, it. I think it is fucking worth it. Now, what happens after that? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're when, when you when you fail in a revolution in a country yeah. like Russia, it's. I mean, right. Which is I, you can't. I, I read a book called The Bridget Amdow in junior high or high school, which is about the Hungarian Revolution, and they had like seven days yeah. where they were free, and then after that, the brutal. Oh my god. Dude, yeah, I, I mean, a, look, it's it's a hell of a risk, but it's just like you like. I know it's the devil you know with Putin, but the problem is the devil that we know has has shown his hand and it's ugly. Yeah. Right. And so, um, you know, there's it's just it's it's a really unfortunate situation. And I will point out one thing. You know, a lot of people argue, you don't need a you you don't need AR-15. You you even if you have AR-15, you can't fight the government. What I will tell you is that Ukrainian people are literally fighting the Russian army. The Russian army. The former Soviet Union, yep. with Molotov cocktails and AK-47s. Yep. All right. So I don't want to no, hear you're, your you're, shit. You're right. Not you specifically, mm-hmm. but I don't want to hear your shit about. Well, you can't fight a tyrannical government. The fuck I can't. Right. I may not win, and I may die on my fucking sword. But if some, if if shit got so out of hand that I had to fight, then then I take my chances. Right. Because what the fuck are you gonna do? Right. Well, what are you, exactly. I mean, well, so you know, I want to talk about Snake Island, but yeah, yeah, go but, ahead. But, I'm just saying. I mean, it's just a. It, it, it's the idea that you can't fight back against your government. I don't care if it's the United States. I don't care about their jets and their tanks. Like, yeah, it might be a losing fight, but 
like if if it's worth fighting for, then it's worth fighting for. All this freedom, everybody's a fucking patriot until you know. Well, yeah, but I, so I think I want to kind of put a sharper point on your on what you're saying. If I personally was going to take on the government of Cleveland, I'm fucked. Right. But if the invaders from Michigan came into Ohio and tried to occupy the street, right. I've got a gun. That makes occupying the street a whole, a whole lot, lot more harder. tenuous. Right. Because if you have to, if every time you go out to smoke a cigarette, because even though you're invading a country, you're not going to smoke inside. You're not savages. Um, <laughs> um, <That's fantastic. laughs> um, but you've know, got to walk out, worry about that, getting shot with a deer rifle, even even if it's not an, an AR. Right. Just if you have to worry about that as an occupier, changes the game dramatically. In fact, Zelensky apparently was like going door to door, saying, "Here's an right. AK-47." Here's I mean, an AK-47. and look, I'm not saying that everybody needs to have an AR-15. I'm not saying everybody needs one. But what I'm saying is, like, look, the whole idea behind the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment's not about hunting. It was never about hunting, right? I mean, and so I think it's something worth, like, you're watching in real time why there's value to the Second Amendment that we have, right? Why it's important. And and I think why it's important just to fucking take care of yourself because you never know when you might find yourself in a fight. Now, hopefully... It, you know, could it happen here? I think it would be nearly impossible. Like, Canada's not going to do it. Mexico's not going to do it. But listen, I got serious concerns about China. Yeah. Right? And because the other side of this is China's just sitting there. And they're, I think China is waiting for the U.S. to get as engaged as we're going to get. And I would not be surprised if China tries to pull some shit with Taiwan. Have you ever seen that meme of Michael Jackson eating popcorn in the in the? Yes. That's, that's, that's what China's China. doing right yes, now. Yes, that is exactly China. They are waiting, and then because now you have to, now you've now you've got Russia invading Ukraine, you've got China invading Taiwan, and the United States sitting back. And what are you going to do? Are I, you going to help? It, well, you know, and if so, well, how? Biden flat out said, "If we start putting troops in this, we are starting World War III. Yeah, and he's right. He's he's right, and China and Russia know that. Yep, China and Russia know that. That's what they want because they feel. With the number of people that they have, with the number of arms in China, with their technology, and Russia's good at two things: pumping oil and hacking. So, yeah. so, so, so Russia feels like, listen, you know, we can fuck with your systems, we can fuck with you, um, and we can bring this fight to you without having to set a single foot on U.S. soil. Yep. You know, I mean, and so, and once, and once that happens, now, and and listen. We've never seen a war like this before with the advances that we have in technology, with the, with, with the cyber and internet and everything else, the ability to get disinformation out there with all the social networks and everything else. Like this, if World War III breaks out, this is, this is devastating. You know, you know, what I can't help get out of my head is Trump got impeached the first time because of meddling with Ukraine by trying to hold up arms to go to Ukraine. And he wanted an exchange. He wanted a right. pro quo. We know this. Don't even argue with. It. I know you yeah. wouldn't, but I wonder how much stuff, how much more stuff would have been there now if we had not fucked around with that. Because it's not like there's four hundred million dollars worth of arms on a ship and we're sitting out, you know, outside the port going, "Oh, we'll give this yeah. to you when you have." We have. Right. It, it takes time. There's contracts. There's all kinds of shit. I would say that there's probably at least a day for day loss of delivery. When you're holding up, I don't know for sure. It's hard to say. I mean, it is. And, and I think they ended. I think we did end up getting we, things we, to them. I'm sure we did. Just didn't you know, get all the, of it. The, right. More and I, I don't. That I don't. I know. don't either. You know. I mean, I'm not an intelligence agent. I just want to mention Snake Island real quick because you were talking about the toughness, resolve, and courage of the Ukrainians so far. Thirteen soldiers on Snake Island, which is off the coast of uh, Ukraine, were approached by a Russian warship and told, "Lay down your arms. You're, you're, you're." You've got no chance here. There's 13 of you on an island. We're a warship. Their reply was, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, then got killed with a missile strike. But to me, that's the Ukrainian Alamo. Yep. That's a, we are not dropping our guns. Go fuck yourself. Um, obviously, a little different in terms of the style of warfare. Right. But those people are being memorialized already. And, and they should be. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they should, should be. be. Absolutely you know, should be. I mean, so, to, or Monday... Um, you know, some friends of mine at my gym, which seems to be everyone I know, but uh, are they, they're from the Ukraine, Croatia, oh, Yugoslav, okay. things like that. They're, they're doing a, a drive for, you know, dried foods and coats and all that stuff for, you know, kids and food and family and all that other stuff. So I'm taking a bunch of shit over there, but... I mean, let you me know. know how I can. I've got tons of clothes yeah. and things I've been looking to get rid yeah, of. Whatever and... we can, yeah, whatever we can get together and get shit uh, sent over there. 
Um, but, you know, I mean, like, all, all those people, I mean, they're tough. They're grinders. They work. They work in all different fields and trades and whatever. And they're, like, literally they're the hardest working people in the room. Um, and they're, you know, pretty – they're obviously upset about this. They yeah. have friends and family, you know, over there that are either fleeing or fighting. Um, and, you know, I mean, like, they literally are – you know, have to be held back from, you know, trying to get back over there so they can fight. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, look, it's not safe. Like, you you, you can't get in. And if, you know, like, right. if you try. You get you on can, a commercial flight and right, fly it's not, over right. there. Like, you can't fly on southwest of Ukraine right now. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just you Not just without can't. stopping in Baltimore, Chicago. Uh, well, of course not. Right? Like, unfucking believable <laughs> But, um, you know, I mean, and th- that's, that's just where we're at. So, I mean, our, obviously, our... our, our you know our our thoughts, prayers, all that yep. stuff that you know is, it feels useless. And but physical I mean, support, with right? Drives and things yeah, like that. I, I mean, mean, like that's it's with the it's it's with the Ukrainian people. Um, you know, if if you think that this is something that Russia should be doing or is in the right for doing, then we just are we are not built the same. Right. The claim that they're trying to stamp out Nazis. It's like Get come the, the fuck, fuck out, out of here. here. You got a Jewish president, and you're telling me yeah. he's supporting okay. Nazis. All right. Um, so one thing I saw interesting, a bunch of congressmen and women saw, urged Biden to say, we want you to seek congressional approval before going, putting any troops on the ground. And that included Matt Gates and AOC. I would call them two diametrically opposite yeah. members of Congress. That's great. But to me, what that really said was, let's start following the Constitution again, because you're supposed to be doing that the whole time, because you're not supposed to authorize war without Congress's fucking permission, which is why we invented the term police action, so we didn't have to call it a war, so we could go into Vietnam. Yep. Um, And so I'm glad Congress is stepping up and saying, we want to roll, because let's face it, with Syria and uh, Obama, Congress ran and hid, Mm -hmm. and Obama said, no, I want your authorization, and... Fox News, did the, he's a coward for not taking these actions. Like, no, he's trying to get them to follow the fucking Constitution. He wants the elected members of Congress to stand up and do their job, do their fucking job. And, and yes, yeah. yes. And so I now listen, if they're willing to do their job, then fantastic. Yeah, that'd be right? awesome. that'd be now, awesome. now, the question is, you know, I, I could easily see both AOC and Gates saying, bring this to Congress and then not voting for it. So right? I can do. I mean, and, and listen, if they don't, then we can't. Right, like if they do put this in front, like then then that's something that you have to live with. But then you know you could look at Congress and say, look, we want you know like Biden can say, look, I wanted to help those people, and we have a constitution, we followed it, and they decided not to. So you talk to your representative. You yeah, know? I mean this could really affect. Not that midterm elections seem all that important at the moment, but I'm sure they do to the AOC right. and uh, Matt to, Gates. to the people making right. you know one hundred eighty thousand anyway. dollars a year for life. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. There's, we do this for hours, but yeah. I do want to talk about um, the new Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, I, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Yep. I read a little bit about her. Another Harvard person, which yep. is the entire. I think all but one person from on the Supreme Court. I think there's one Yaley, and then the rest are Harvard. Yep. I think, or something like that. That always rankles me a little bit. I'd like to see That's more. Strange you couldn't get in. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah, Actually, I, I, I didn't. I didn't apply to Harvard, but but I couldn't have gotten in. I know that. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not because of test scores or whatever. Well, that would have hurt too. But um, but it's because it's it's the network of good old boys and and uh, you know yeah. Co- I mean, what is, what is, that kind of falls on deaf ears with her, with her because sure, I sure, mean, sure. I, you know, I don't think uh, her. Probably you know, she's, not. I don't think she's a legacy. No, she's uh, not. That got in. That got in there. Anyway. And I mean, listen, she. Listen, this woman, they look for one. I don't think the Republicans are going to put up much of a fight because it's just a swap, right? Like it's it doesn't really give the progressives or the liberals on the side of court an advantage. Um, there's a you know noticeable two or three person advantage in the Supreme Court right now, um, so you're just swapping out one you know liberal for another, um, and it also like look if they fight her, what are they going to fight her for? When you go through and you look at her resume, I mean she was a uh, you know, a federal defender. I mean, she's you know she's relatively new to the to the federal district court. Um, but look, in terms of qualifications, she checks all the boxes. She I does. Mean, she's she, been apparently endorsed endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. I mean, right. I mean, she she also has. I mean, you got, you also have to think about this, right? She was a clerk in the Supreme Court. I know. Yeah, she was a clerk in the Supreme Court. But I mean, look, she's already like she already had to go through this process to get to the district court, right? Right. In D.C. and the court that she's coming from in D.C. 
Um, that particular district, like a lot of Supreme Court judges come from there. And the reason why is because they get, you know, like the, the various emergency actions that, you know, like with the, um, uh, with, uh, da -da 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 -da. uh, there was a big, something, something to do with Trump. I can't remember what it was now. Uh, my brain is just completely fried, but like a lot of the things that happen in DC where you need a, uh, where it needs a decision. Um, you know, whether it was the Muslim she, she, ban. She ruled and, against the, um, his attempt to use executive privilege yes. after he was, yes. he was out of office. Um, but, like, and it goes even further back to, you know, like I said, the Muslim ban and things like that. But, like, those all were in the 13th district, which is the district there in D.C. And so, you know, like, Scalia came from there. Um, uh, Roberts came from there. Uh, a number of a number of the Supreme Court justices on the court now came from this particular district. Um, you know, she's already gone through this process yep. and been approved. I think during the Trump administration to that district court, right? right? Exactly. So, I mean, it's going to be hard for. I, I just don't. I can, I can tell you what they're going to do. Well, they're, they're going to do a lot of grandstanding, right? It's going to be a lot of, you know, getting out all. The, they're they're going to. I'm sure multiple senators are going to bring up critical race theory, right? And they're Somehow, going to bring up, Biden said he was going to nominate a black woman. Why didn't we go for the most well, qualified candidate? Yeah, He's going to say they, that, and, and that's they, going to be the talking point. They've, they've been saying that, but when you're going through this process, how they're going, like, how are you going to bring that in when you're talking specifically to her? Um, well, that's true. <laughs> is going to be a little bit difficult. What gets uh, said in front of rallies versus what gets said yes, in the Senate right. hearing I mean, are going to be different. You know, like the, it's just it's going to be different. So I, I I don't anticipate much of a fight because there's not much for them to gain in fighting it. Right? Like they just don't have the, they don't have the numbers and they don't really have the reason to really fight it. Um, and so I mean, like you could you could make an argument that you know they they could try to drag it out, but there's there's plenty of time before midterm elections. Um, so I just, I don't think that they will. Uh, and I mean, I think she'll be a good addition to the court just based off of what her experiences is, uh, both as an attorney and as a judge. Um, and you know, I don't have an issue with, you know, Biden saying that he was going to put a black woman on and following through with it. I mean, I think politically the only issue with it is just what you just said. People are using that as, a, as, you know, like reverse racism right. and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, the those reality, are people who are never voting for Biden anyway. Right. I mean, exactly. They, they're never going to vote for Biden or support Biden. Um, you know, does this appease a certain group? Sure. It absolutely does. Um, do I care? No, I don't. Right. No, um, I think Biden's because, comments are good. No, I mean, I just, I, I think a person with her perspective who has, who has seen what she's seen as a federal uh, defender and who has been a judge and with her clerking experience, um, she's going to bring and just with her life experience as a black woman, she's going to bring a different perspective. And while most of the court, uh, you know, like, will she ever get to, to Clarence Thomas? No, but is she, could she sway a Roberts who like Roberts or not? I think that he's been, you know, he's been somewhat fair, right? There are things where he, you know, where you, you would wish he would have been more objective and leaned, you know, more left, but okay, fine, he didn't. But I think he's at least willing to listen to reason. Um, and I think she's the type of person who could kind of bring a guy like that around, maybe even a Gorsuch. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Kavanaugh, and I just don't know enough about Amy Comey Barrett to really say one way or another. Uh, but I just think that her perspective... Um, is is a strong one. I mean, I think she's the strongest female candidate of of the candidates of the justices that are on there um, between Kagan and, and Sotomayor. I was trying know. to look up how old she is, and I was. I not think she's fifty one. Okay, you know, so That's she's experienced enough, but young enough that she can right. last for twenty five years. Yeah, you All know, right, I good. mean, and, and I mean, and listen, who 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 knows? I mean, sure. something. I mean, you know, Justice Scalia died, you know, really out of nowhere, unexpectedly. I mean, something like that could happen again, and that's true. I'm, anyone I'm not, at any right, time, right? At anyone at any time, and Biden could have another could have another opportunity to put someone else on the court, which that one will be a hell of a lot more contested. But I mean, who knows? The thing that Biden said that I thought deserved some uh, credit is when he made the announcement he was nominating a black woman. His reasoning was, "I want this court to look more like the American populace," yeah. and it typically has not. I mean, right. it's been nine white guys. Most of the time, and there's been a few women in there, and, and Sandra Day O'Connor and and and, and um, um, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. right? I mean, it, it's yeah. it's 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 been the case, but 
I, anyway, I don't have a problem with him saying it other than of the political backlash it's going to cause. And frankly, it's against... One thing I've always bitched about is Democrats trying to make everybody happy. Like, right. there's people that are just never going to vote for you. They've, they're convinced right. that you have babies getting eaten in a pizza shop in D.C. If you try to make those people come to you, it ain't going to happen. Right. So just be logical, be, be direct. I know it's a crazy idea that politicians will be logical and direct, but... I don't know. I'm I'm cool with this too. And she's, from what I've read, she sounds like a great choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I fully support it. And um, I like I said, I think she'll she'll get through the process. And um, uh, I think that hopefully they'll be able to get this wrapped up. You know, you know, before before summer. Yeah. Um. So this. The, so Juwan Howard and the coach. Oh, I think his last name is Card, but I, I'm maybe. Wrong. I think it's. Guard? Guard. It is yeah. guard. The, the head coach from Michi- from Wisconsin and Juwan Howard, the head coach from Michigan, got into a post-game scrap that ultimately ended up with Juwan Howard throwing an awkward slap at, uh, an, well, that hit an assistant coach. I don't know who it was intended for. Um, all I could think of was Charlie Murphy with, who slaps a man? Right. You do that back in the day, you had a duel afterwards. But uh, it, there's a bunch of things going into this. I am amazed that he only got a five-game suspension. I mean, I mean, it's, the rest, I mean struck, it's the rest of the season. I understand, and, but it, he's know. allowed back for the postseason. Yep. And but they I mean, may not he, make it. He, I mean, if oh, they don't then, win. Then there's, then there's, oh, they'll make the NIT. Yeah. Well, Congratulations. Yeah, right. uh, um, but, I mean, I don't know exactly what happened when Woody Hayes punched uh, the player from Clemson. He got, he, got fired. he got fired. I don't know if it was the next day or if it was... Yeah, before, oh, the time or, frame yeah, between... Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know what the, what the sequence of it was, was. I think someone told me it was the next day. But right. you can't punch opposing players because they have the nerve to play well against you. I mean, right. that was insane. Woody Hayes was old and I think kind of crazy by that point. Um, are you surprised they didn't get fired? Um, I guess I really haven't thought about it all that much, to be honest with you, just with everything else going on, just you know, personally and then internationally. But um, I, I don't think I'm surprised he didn't get fired. Um, and, you know, I thought the five-game suspension was was right. Like, you, you can't throw punches in that situation. I, listen, I'm a competitor, played sports at a high level for, uh, you know, as well. I get the aspect. Uh, I get, like, and who knows what was said. But well, I did just, you see the sequence of events? Yeah, I, okay. I, I saw it. But, I mean, you just, you got to have more composure than that. So, I mean, it's. You know, people are really upset that the coach from Wisconsin didn't get suspended. Like the coach from Wisconsin didn't throw a punch. I'm sorry. Right. You know, or what I mean, slap. you can a, a slap, <laughs> whatever. Like, I mean, the, you know, the coach from Wisconsin didn't throw a punch or a slap. Um, you know, there was a yeah. funny joke that the guy that Howard hit should have been suspended because his face got in the way. <laughs> Which, at first, I thought people were serious, and then I realized oh, they no. were being sarcastic. But you know, I mean, look, I, I, he's got to have more composure. And, you know, if, if someone said something out of turn, whether it's, you know, racial or whatever, then okay, but still not that, okay. I didn't hear that. Even no, I don't, I don't know, but I, what, what could you possibly say? Well, no, there was a back and forth. I know, but then, come the on, end we're, oh, uh, no, like, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't look, think it was a racial thing. I, I, I'm not saying that it was. What I'm saying is, Juwan Howard has to be better. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. want to hear any bullshit about oh they should have they didn't suspend the white coach they didn't they suspended the guy and who threw, threw the, the fucking punch, punch. Yep. Yep. right oh, yeah. I mean Absolutely. I mean like you you, you like Jawan Howard has to be better like he's got to recognize that listen you are a coach for the University of Michigan you are a, a, a top tier program with a spotlight on you all the time you are coaching young men you are setting an example and you did a shit job and this is your punishment for it. I don't want to hear the arguments about racial disparities. Jawan Howard, be fucking better, right? Like, be fucking better. Like, yeah, there I are agree. plenty of times at work and other situations where I want to choke slam people, and I don't do it. Why? Because I'm a grown-ass man. Jawan, you are older than me. You have been in the NBA. First of all, I only remember you getting in a fight all your time in the NBA, and now you want to fucking fight somebody when you're in a fucking sweater and khakis? Get the fuck out of here. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, I, I look, I, I'm fine with the five-game suspension. I don't think he should have been fired. I'm not surprised he wasn't fired, frankly, because he's a good coach, and he's got that Michigan playing helps. well. I, I mean, <laughs> listen, that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about Woody Hayes, Woody, you know, those Woody Hayes teams were starting not to be quite yeah, as effective, fine, sure. and, and, like, it was an opportunity to get him out. Um, and you know, I mean, so like, no, I, I'm not surprised he didn't get fired. 
The five games, I think, is is plenty. You know, I mean, like he's losing a big chunk of money. The team may not make the postseason because of it. Um, and you know, he he's got to be better. And this isn't the first. Like he, this isn't his first dust up on the sideline. Um, you got to control your fucking emotions, man. You know, I was thinking about it. I'm I'm coming down pretty hard on Juwan Howard. And I'm trying to think of an example. I'm like, I grew up in the Bobby Knight era. Right. I mean, that asshole threw chairs. He he choked a player, player on his team. Yeah. Now, that was in a practice, not right. in a game. You know, he had but, that whole thing with the whip and yeah, all that right. other stuff. Was, I, I mean, mean right. whip and chair. I mean, during a game, throwing chairs onto the playing field. Right. So now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember what happened to Bobby Knight back in those days. I know Nothing. he got... I mean, he coached Indiana forever, and then right. eventually he left. Well, he, well, he, well, he, got, he got fired because he attacked a kid on yes. campus. Yes. And But just to, to your point, he was kind of on the decline. Right. With a lot of times when these people get fired, it's not because... Just of, of that it's action. Not, it's, it's just like, oh, we you know want what? to get rid of you. You just gave us, you just right. opened that door. Bye bye. Yes. And if, if, if Juwan Howard was 8 and 16, right. then. Right. Probably I mean, multiple seasons and not making a right. tournament, whatever, then all of a sudden, yeah. then, okay. But yeah, but, not, but now I'm thinking about it. I don't know if Bobby Knight ever hit anyone with a chair, but right. he was winging stuff all over the place. Yeah, and he did I mean, ch- throwing he his tantrums. And listen, we, I mean, there were plenty of people who were calling for Bobby Knight to get fired long before he did because of his actions and his attitude, and he got a shit ton of leeway. Yeah. Right? I mean, and this, again, this isn't Jawan Howard's first incident, right, where he got into something with a coach on the sidelines. So, well, but coaches getting into it with each other is okay, nothing new. Okay, but mean, it's not, but, but I mean, <laughs> right, I mean, like, he's, you know, he, you know, getting into people's faces and things like that. Like, I, I again... I'm I not, was shoved by John Cheney, formerly of Temple. I, so yes, I'm I love aware. that story. I, I, and look, I'm not. I, I, listen, I think Jawan Howard needs to behave better, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you just can't fucking throw punches. You got to, yeah, you got to, right. you got to know where you are. And I'm not saying that he's a terrible person and blah blah blah. I'm just saying you got to be fucking smarter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I I don't want him to. I don't want him fired. But I also think that it was perfectly fair. And anyone saying that it wasn't fair and that race plays a role. Then you know, even if it does, guess what? You got to know you. How do you not know that? How do you not know that you're the head coach at Michigan? Michigan is not a diverse school, right? Most of the black people who go there are fucking athletes, right? You know that you are in the belly of the beast when it comes to white people. So you need to be on your fucking p's and q's because you are setting example. And if you fuck up, then you may prevent another coach like you from getting that job. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of weight on his fucking shoulders. So I need him to be better. Right? I, I was in a bar there that are saying if he was white, he would have been fired. No. And I well, I was. No. I, you, you know what bar I was in. Right. Let's just say you could walk there. Right. And the also not the most diverse crowd. First of all, it could be any bar that I could walk to from here. But, true, true. Yeah, but you know but which one it was. <laughs> I just, look, I, I, I don't think that if he were white, he would have been fired. I do think that if he were white, he would have got suspended. Probably for the same amount. Yeah. It makes sense. And maybe, like, in, in, I think it depends. Like, if all things are the same, I think this ultimately ends up the same. Because you can't have a coach throwing punches and have there be no repercussions for Oh, him. absolutely not. Right? I mean, like, no, I don't care no, no, who no, no, the coach... No, no. Like, I don't care who the I don't care if Mike Krzyzewski, who couldn't break paper uh, through a punch, he should be suspended. Right. I, I mean, and I, I think that he would be, right? I'm I mean, sure. But, I, you know, I, I just... I don't have an issue with him being suspended. I think the five games is enough. Um, if you want to throw race into it, I'm not saying that race didn't play a role, but I'm saying Jawan Howard still needs to know better. Right, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. Like he just he just needs to know. At some point in time, there's got to be a certain level of accountability. And you know, if 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 you think that you should be allowed to throw punches just because of fucking you're mad three hundred years of you know racism, then you're full of shit. Right, like that's just not how it goes down. And um, so I don't have a problem with him being suspended. You know, keep your hands to yourself, yep. and that really isn't a problem. You know. Yep. And I'm. This is not meant to be a defense. But I'm a big, you and I have gone at it pretty hard a few times about the whole unwritten rules. And this game got extended when it was clearly over by both men's actions. I mean, yes. Michigan kept playing hard, and then Wisconsin starts calling timeouts. And that's basically, you know, just like my unwritten rules thing that I... Here's, here's a question. Sure. Who won the game? Wisconsin. Okay. I, yeah. I honestly... Which, which probably also plays a role. Right. He's lost the game by 14 points. Right. And no one's in a good mood after that. There you go. Um... It's funny you didn't know the story. I did, got, well, the I story did, got taken over by the slap. Well, the story got taken over by that, and it's just like, I that's think the he other said, problem. What did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> slap, slap. All right. Um, all right. Well, we basically agree on that. Um, Brian Flores, story, or first of all, he's been signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers, which yes. I know you're happy about. Yeah. And the more I think about it, I think it's a great move. 
for the Steelers for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's a great move for the Steelers. Like, I mean, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, Flores had to take a handout from Mike Tomlin and the Steelers and blah, blah, blah. Look, yeah, like, Flores took a step back. You know, like, sure. he, he was a head coach, and now he's not a head coach, and he's a special defensive assistant on the right. Steelers coaching inside linebackers. You are right. That is a step back. But he's still working in the league. Yes. Right? He's still working in the league, and I think that that's uh, – I mean, listen, people said he would never work again because he was suing the NFL. And so the fact that he's working in the league, I think, is a win for him and I think for the, the, the greater picture. And if it's Pittsburgh, then listen, what? there's no better team to step up and say, you know what, you're going to coach with us. You sue the league, you do what you have to do for you, but we're going to stand by the rule that was named after our owner – after the family who owns us, we're going to stand by it, and you will work in this league, and you're going to do it for us. I don't have a problem with that. I think I, you know, I put something on social media where I said, you know, Dan Rooney whispered down to Mike Tomlin and said, "Hey, fix this for me." And Mike said, "I got you," and he handled it. Um, and I, I love it as like I was hoping somebody would do this. I wanted it to be the Texans to step up and hire Flores. Because that really would have made sense, but of course they didn't. And he well, added them to the lawsuit. But they doing him a favor. By not by not going to Houston because that place is a dumpster fire. Uh, true, but I mean, listen, he just came from one, so yeah, whatever. Okay. But okay, fine. <laughs> from one uh, dumpster fire to the next, right? But I mean, you're still a head coach, and you know, true. there's only 32 there's of those yep, jobs. Yep. But he, listen, he's working. You know, he's he's with the Steelers. I think you know, from a football standpoint, it really helps the Steelers a lot. Um, he's a good defensive coach that we know. Um, I think the Steelers need help on defense. Um, we have a new defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. Mike Tomlin calls the defense anyway, which I wish he would give up to someone else, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, so it's obviously beneficial to both, and I think you know this is good for the league, even though I know a lot of people are rooting against the league. I, listen, I still love the sport. I'm going to be a supporter of the NFL. If you know, you can be as mad at me at it as you want. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, listen, I've said this before. Black people, we have to get if we if we're gonna. Listen, there's been so, so many wrongs against black people. Like, if, I, if, you, if you say I can't support anything where racism is involved, then I'm going to be sitting in a fucking hut in the middle of a field, right, by myself, right? Because, I mean, like, the, like racism has touched every aspect of our society, right? Like, so you can't retreat from it. You need to push back on it. And if you can push back on it from within, then that's the way to do it, right? So he did something that I absolutely loved. Who? Flores. Okay. He was apparently offered a severance package of some kind where he's told you can take, we'll give you a bunch of money, but in return, you can't speak badly about us. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, no, I'm good. Your money's not. I have a friend who did that. He got let go by a think tank. This guy's fucking brilliant. And they, they, he knew when they changed ownership, he was going to get thrown out and they offered him a severance package. And he said, that's not nearly enough money for me to not talk badly of you. Fuck off, mm. which is exactly what Brian Flores yeah. did, and I'm sure it was a great deal more money that Flores turned down. Right. He also probably had a larger bank account. Than yeah. My buddy I mean, listen, I mean, he's been a he's been a he's been a coach in the NFL, so he's got plenty of money saved up, and and, and I think that's the that, listen. He's playing on a different field, right? Than than the average person, sure. right? Like, I mean, he just like but I mean, it still takes guts. It to does. Say, it still takes ball. But listen, I mean, he also is smart enough to know like, why do I need to take it? Like, I'm I'm already a multimillionaire. Um, I'm going to coach again, whether it's in the NFL or maybe and, I have to drop and, down and in college. And keep up with the option to sue your ass, right. which I did. Exactly. So I no, I'm not giving you anything. I keep your fucking money. And you know, allegedly, this may be the second time that he's turned down money from them to do something that you know would <laughs> right whatever. So I, I I agree. I like the move. Um, you know, and I think he put something on social media, or his attorneys put something on social media from what he was offered, not the amount, but like just showing the, the language and the verbiage of, you know, the agreement that they, they, they wanted him to sign and he didn't sign it, you know, I mean, which is interesting because Miami is coming out and saying everything he's saying is not true. It's like, okay, so then why did you want him to sign that NDA? Right. You know, I mean like that, which is really like, I mean, and you know, look, I don't think, uh, you know, Stephen Ross has made a shit ton of money. Okay, fine, whatever. But I don't, necessarily put him up there as one of the brightest lights on the bulb when it comes to NFL owners. Um, so I think Stephen Ross is doing – like him and the Miami Dolphins are talking themselves, you know, into a larger settlement. Right. Right. Because right. I don't think this – I don't think this ever really makes it to a trial and I, or whatever. Yeah, I think we said and, that last week or two weeks and, ago. And I think ultimately this ends up being settled. 
Um, which, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Brian Flores says, maybe. you know what, fuck, again, maybe Brian, I mean, he's already set a precedent a couple times of saying, fuck your money. Um, so maybe he doesn't settle and maybe he drags them through the mud and really tries to air their dirty laundry, which you kind of hope that he does. Um, because I think that that would really be a, a huge blow to the NFL to where then they would have to make some changes. Although I don't know how you change it until you just, you, in, until you get black ownership in the NFL, I think that's ultimately the way you change it. You see, we've seen more black general managers. That helps. That's a huge key, sure. right? Because general managers have a lot of say into who the head coach is, especially the way the league is made is, is now. Um, but until you are able to start to see black owners in the NFL, um, the league is going to have these issues, right? Like sure. they're, they're going to have these issues and, you know, like you've got rich white owners who, who, and part of it, there's an aspect of it that I think is, I think there is definitely a racial component that is, you know, systemic racism or however you want to go into it. And some of it is these guys have made a shit ton of money somewhere else. They're very narcissistic. They're very arrogant yeah. and they think that they know what they're doing. So they, you know, they can be wowed. Right. They can be, you know, some guy comes in and says all this shit. You know, I mean, like I'm really like a guy like Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur looks great right now with Aaron Rodgers. But let's say Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver or somewhere else. Right. Then we're going to find out, is Matt LaFleur worth a shit? Right. Did he really need did he was he really is he really that good of a coach or is it because you have Aaron Rodgers and you got the job because you were able to go in and say, oh, I work with McVeigh, I work with Shanahan. I did all these things. And look at this pretty binder that I put together with all this information. And they're like, oh, my God, look at you. And you're a good looking white guy. Of course, you can be the face of the franchise. And then come to find out he's actually a dog shit coach. And it's Aaron Rodgers all along. I, I don't, we don't know. know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we've seen that. We may not Brady... see, though, because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. But when when um, when. Um, Belichick lost Tom Brady. Slight drop off in New England. Now Belichick is arguably the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. He kept him respectable despite losing the most successful yeah. quarterback of all time. Um, so you know, I'm not shitting on Bel- as much as I don't like Bill Belichick. I I'm not going to dismiss him as a coach. That'd be idiotic. Right. But that shows you how important a quarterback is. I got to tell this weird story. But Greg Williams, when he interviewed with the Bills, blew the owner away. It was Ralph Wilson was still alive at the time. Because he showed up with a list of like the best hundred at every position coach, like best hundred special teams coaches. But and and Ralph Wilson sees this, he's blown away. This guy's done so much research. He's done, and it, I fell for it initially. Then I thought, who gives a fuck who the ninety sixth best special exactly. teams coach is? Give me your five good ones. Get one of those five. Right. You don't need. I mean, to I'll take give me give me the top ten across the board, right? And then tell me who you're gonna get, and then <laughs> let's see how you execute. Oh, but this guy at Northwestern State really turned their punting game around. Right. We got him at 96 on our list, Steve. Right. It's just like so you. So what it sounds like is you waste a lot of time. <laughs> Goodbye. Right. right. <laughs> you know. But, I mean, but, but but you can see how that would, especially these old oh, yeah, funny I mean, types. Listen, are, you just throw a lot, of, and that's what I'm saying, right? Like you go in, you just throw throw as much pasta on the wall, or in this particular instance throw as much data as you can compile at the wall at them so that they can't even look at it and just like you know what this is you're one of the you're you see numbers in the air and everything else you know what yeah you're my guy you know i mean and so so we're gonna find out um you know with some of these coaches and as it relates to flores um you know you hope that he pushes this and pushes the nfl to make some changes uh even if they do settle with him you hope it pushes him to make changes, but ultimately, I think the only thing that really starts to shift the balance in the way the hiring practices work is when you get black ownership. And the reason why the black ownership is important, not just because a black owner hires a black coach, but a black owner now is in the room when all these guys are sitting around and saying, hey, none of us are going to do anything crazy like sign Kaepernick, right? Right? Now, all of a sudden, you've got somebody like, I might. Right. I might. What's the problem? Right. I mean, like, and you hope you get somebody in the room who could do that, who's not just happy to be there because he finally made it, but you hope that you get someone someone in there. Like, you know, I look at a person like uh, like uh, Shahid Khan in, in Jacksonville, and I feel like he looks to me like a guy who, like, he, listen, he's, he's Middle Eastern. Um, I think he's Sikh. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think he's originally from London, but, I mean, obviously, yeah, well. you know, uh, but... I think he's the type of guy who's going to go along with what all the good old boys say because he's happy to be there, right? Um, so what you need is somebody in the room who's just like, yeah, I'm happy to be here, uh, but I'm here for a reason because I'm worth a fuck ton of money, 
and I disagree with everything you motherfuckers are saying, and you keep you keep it up, I'm going to go to the media, and y'all are going to have a problem, because I'll spill all your dirty laundry. Well, that's good. It, it, that would be interesting, because owners have to approve new ownership groups. Yes, they do. And, boy, things like what Flores did will make it, let's say a black billionaire says, you know, oh, the... Las Vegas Raiders are for sale because Mark Davis is a train wreck as a human being. And anyone who makes that much money should not have that haircut. Yeah, haircut so, or issues with, across the board. Yes. Right. So yes. Mark Davis says, you know, he's gone. And Las Vegas uh, ownership group puts in. If those owners don't have this Flores thing hanging over their head versus when they do, yeah. their ability to blackball, pardon the expression, uh, a black owner is very different. Right. So... Right. Anyway, I mean, so I just, I, could be a, 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 right. I mean, a no, the question is, you gotta, you gotta find a black billionaire, right? Uh, like, right. I mean, who, and that's, who wants to own a sports franchise? Right. I mean, and that's that's just hard because there's there's really, I mean, of the, I think there's, I want to say there's like 300 billionaires in the world, and of them, there's only like, like only four of them are black or something like that. One I, is Oprah. One is some no. It's dude. more than I saw. I saw a thing about black billionaires, and there were I think four or five in America. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's... Oprah was one of them. Uh, I don't think there's more than five in the world. I, I, okay. I really don't. I, I, I mean, and me, listen, I was if I'm wrong, I will I, be happily wrong on okay. this. I, I just... I, I, I think you are. But it's 14 or something, and only like four or five are American. And yeah. I'm guessing we're not going to get a, a, a guy who made his money in... Um, you know, uh, there were there were two or three guys from Nigeria. Listen, the Nigerian prince. Well, you know what? The two of them were from Nigeria. I should have replied to that fucking email. Exactly. <laughs> it was real all the time. All right, man. We should wrap this up soon. But we kind of tap danced around it a bunch of times because it wasn't real, and now it is. Major League Baseball is now actively fucking up. Oh, it's fifteen exactly. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you're happily wrong. Well, yeah, I am happily wrong. So um, one of y'all motherfuckers buy a goddamn NFL team. Anyway. <laughs> it's only four or five for American, but... And one of them's, I don't give a what, fuck. What, what of them's Oprah? Right. How about Oprah? Can you imagine Oprah's next to Jerry Jones? <laughs> Actually, I could. I could. You know, you know what? How could... I mean, the, I could. Hey, that would be kind of awesome. Right. But, but this kind of goes back... We've talked a bunch of times about how these elites, whether it was Bill Maher and Steve Bannon or whatever, you know, they may appear on diametrical... Thing. But they're still super, super rich people right. who mingle with each other right. and they laugh at people like I, us. And it kills me, like people who, like even, like listen, you could talk about how much Trump is worth or whatever, but I mean, at the end of the day, listen, the dude got a fucking plane with his name on it and a, multiple buildings with his name on it and right. shit's on a gold toilet. You don't, right? Like you don't relate to Trump. I can't relate to, like my mom loves Oprah. I'm like, mom, you don't relate to her on any like there's just no you guys are on completely different levels not because I don't right. love you but Oprah has special flowers flown in from across the world every fucking day right like you like you you, you guys don't have a connection other than skin right, right. like and not even that because my mom is super pale um, <laughs> she is she's so I bet pale your mom. Uh, but you know I mean you know so as, as it relates to, to the billionaire talk like I could see Oprah fitting right in in that yeah. circle um, you know, but that's also the scary thing because, you know, billionaires all, once you get to that class, a lot of them all do kind of sort of think alike. So it, you know, can you, you would need somebody like, a somebody like a, you know, like a Diddy or, you know, Sean yeah, Combs JJ. or something like that. You know what I mean? Who's willing, you know, people who have made a lot of money sort of saying, fuck you to everybody, you know, give me a Dr. Dre or somebody. Um, but even and, then, but even then, Jay Z has a role in the NFL, and a lot of you know people on the left and, and progressives and black people are like, he's not doing enough, and he's not doing what we want him to do. And I think Jay Z, I don't know what he's doing with the NFL. I know he has some sort of partnership as it relates to diversity and inclusion and everything else. I don't know. And, and, <laughs> it doesn't and, feel like it's really that effective, but I I don't know. And let's you know? be clear, he doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be one single person, right? right. You just need to be the majority owner. Yes. Which I know yeah. is an ironic term to, to yeah, use. but I mean, but, I mean, but even like, right, if you, listen, the Steelers have. I mean, the Steelers have, like the Haslam family who owns the Browns now. They were minority owners with the Pittsburgh Steelers until they separated and were able to buy the Browns. Um, you know, a lot of these teams have multiple, sure. you know, uh, uh, shares that are given out where you just have someone or some family or individual who is the majority owner. 
Although I think Jerry Jones is the only owner of the of the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, I would not be surprised. Because I think I he know. got. I mean, I think he got the franchise for under a billion, and now it's worth like two billion or something like that, or maybe three billion yeah, with the stadium, yeah. which is crazy. Right. It is crazy. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. But uh, Major League Baseball, we've been talking about how they can't fuck this up, and we said a month and a half ago, like, oh, they can't. They know they can't fuck this up, right? Mm-mm. Oh no, they're, they're gonna fuck it up. And I don't know who blinks first. I mean, to me, this whole thing is created by, you know, contracts have gotten out of control, especially the high-end contracts have certainly gotten out of control. And with a year with no uh, fans in the stands, I'm sure they lost a bunch of money or, you know, I don't know if they finished profitable or not, but I know that the, a lot of money that they were counting on didn't come in. Um, so the owners might dig in here and say, unless we get this. Now, again, I blame... The situation, like if you pay Mike Trout forty-five million dollars a year, yeah, some of this is on the NFL, or on the major, on a the, lot of it on the yeah. on the on the union, right? I mean, because sure. look, because the union pushes for these massive contracts, right? They're like, take as much money as you can get. You know, when guys say, "All right, I'm going to take less money so that the team can do better." The union comes back and says, oh, you need to take as much money as you can, right? We yeah. know this because players have said it, right? Albert yeah. Bell has said it. Um, Manny um, Ramirez trade to Boston got. I'm sorry, Alex Rodriguez was originally traded to Boston, but he was going to have to take a pay cut to do it, which he was willing to do. Right. And they said, nope. Nope, you take as much money as you can get, right? And, and like, so some of this is on the union. A, a lot, lot of it is on the union for pushing for those big contracts. And ultimately, like, look, you got, you're paying Mike Trout or you're, you're paying Bryce Harper or you're paying whatever, you know, uh, nearly a half a billion dollars. Yeah. Right or a qu- over a quarter of a billion dollars yeah. over ten years, right? Then and it's just like, well, there's not enough money. You know, look, you need to play the 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 the, the you know the role players more. I don't disagree with you, but if I'm paying this one guy, you know, the GDP of fucking Botswana, then I don't know what the fuck you want. How am I supposed to pay these yeah. other guys? Yeah. Right. So if you want theirs to come up, then we got to stop with these ridiculous contracts for these you know these few individuals. individuals. Yeah. And you know and you know you. If the union is going to continue to push for the massive contracts on the front end, but more money for the guys on the back end, it just the, the economics don't work. Your your sport isn't popular enough then, then for that. that. I mean, I'm right? young for a, for a baseball fan right now. Right. I mean, it's I mean, just from the, on the median, yeah. you know, mean median thing. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. You're a pretty big baseball fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Indians fan. You're an Indians fan. No, you're a Guardians, a Guardians fan. fan. Sorry. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm a Cleveland Guardians baseball fan. Um, I do enjoy Major League Baseball, but I really, I just, I love right. my hometown yeah, team. Sure, sure. And I'm not, I'm, yeah, no, know, I know what you're saying. Shot, but the average 22 year old coming out of college right now, if asked to name his top four favorite sports, it's going to be football, basketball, depending on who you are and where you are, NASCAR, MMA. <laughs> Could I mean, be hockey. I mean, hockey, I, listen, all those sports are. I mean, but listen, baseball is not at the top of anybody's. Not at the top no, of most people's list. Not at the top of young people's. And lists. and um, you know, a lot of people are are you know really in love with the idea of watching the games at home because it's just it's easier and games are really expensive between the food and the parking and the drinks and everything else. Um, you know, so baseball has an issue, and if they, I mean, look, and there's gonna, 81 home games, right? So if you want to commit uh, to it, right? It's, it's like, a long, it's a long season, and you, you're going it, like, listen, the NFL did monster numbers this year, right? Yeah. Playoffs, Super Bowl, all of it. I mean, and so if you fuck around, right? Like, I mean, the NFL will eat up even more of your market share in the fall. Right, and people still enjoy the NBA. The NBA hasn't gone the wrong, is going the right direction, and the NBA will eat up your market share in in the winter and in the spring. So, like you, you need to be careful um, on how you play this because you you miss too many games in the regular season. You fuck around and lose half a season or a whole season, then and and you've already said how you're anti-steroid. So there's no steroid era to bring you back, like Sammy Sosa. Well, you also said you're gonna stop testing for him, though. Oh, that's right. They did say that. They're just like, well, look, this, this is, is a going terrible to... thing. We're not doing the right. whole thing, then... but we're not gonna look if you do it. Right. Like, just like you know what? We got we have another possible strike coming up. So that whole thing about steroids, we're just gonna punt. Yeah. For now, because we may need it to bring our sport back, um, which you know, which it's is such bullshit. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's just like uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so we'll see what happens. I hope, like, listen, I love going to baseball games. I love it. I'd like to take my daughter. I love to take my godson, little Santino, and and you know, we we all enjoy it. So I want them to come back and figure it out. And hopefully, 
that like I'm not blaming the PA. I think and you know that the ownership has some responsibility here with this, but those ridiculous contracts are what's killing your sport. Congratulations to Mike Trout. Congratulations to Bryce Harper and whoever else got a quarter of a billion dollars. But let's relax a little bit. Let's save some for the other guys, the young guys coming up. Let's save some for the guys that aren't quite superstars right. but are utility players. Let's save a little bit of that money, spread it around, and get back to playing baseball. And if you're gonna if you're gonna do this and drag it out, whatever happens to your sport happens. What it was what they need to keep in mind is they could fuck it up for everyone. Oh yeah. I mean the owners can you know none of the owners are gonna be using right. food stamps. Right. But their billion dollar asset could start plummeting in value. Oh, yeah. And if you can't sell those franchises for... All of a sudden, if you're not playing games, all of a sudden that $250 million contract isn't really worth anything if right. you're not on the field. Right. Yeah. All right, man, we could, we could go on for this for about this for hours, but let's wrap it up. We are at Wisconsin Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Wrap Thanks up, for listening. B. We are done. Wrap it up. You, you, you want a, a wrap it up box where you can start playing the music? <laughs> we're out. Wrap it we're up. out. We're out before the answer comes. Wrap it up.